Hey everyone, this is Flippin' Finance. I'm Sam Ismore and I'm joined by my co-host Fabian. Hey, what's going on? Today is January 5th, 2023, and this week we are covering trying to predict a recession. I love this game. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be so much fun. Before we do, kick the disclosure music. None of this is investment advice and does not constitute an offer to buy or sell securities, nor do any of my opinions reflect those of my employer, Vallejo Financial Advisors, or any of its affiliates. This is for educational purposes only, and we are lazy, so we have no duty to revise any information. With that out of the way, speaking of fun games, what's your guess? Are we going to have a recession in 2023? The serial optimist in me says, no, we will not have a recession. Okay, so we're half glass full today. That's good. That's good. Do Do you know what the technical definition of a recession is? I know the rule of thumb, and we covered this last week, which is two consecutive months of negative GDP. Really close. So instead of months, it's quarters. Quarters, fudge. Nine out of 10. Yeah, think about quarters here. That's the rule of thumb. That's kind of what people think of as a recession. And just to repeat last time, it is a significant decline in economic activity that spreads across the economy. So we didn't technically have one in 22. We had two quarters of negative GDP growth but not like a significant decline in economic activities. Things were kind of muddling through. And as much fun as I think it is to try and predict a recession and and talk about it, because that's what I do at cocktail parties. I walk around and be like, hey, what do you think like your price target is for S&P 500 or recession? I've seen you do this at parties. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do. I do do generally like to know what people think is going on in the economy, but I wouldn't put like a large proclamation or put a lot of money behind trying to predict a recession because I think it's incredibly hard to do. We're going to talk about like some things to look at today to try and to try and look at uh, predicting one. But like 2020, no one predicted 2020. We had COVID. We had the largest and quickest drop in economic output ever. Stocks were up 16 percent. So even even if you could have like not seen COVID coming, like I think stocks will do like 10 percent. You would have been pretty close, but then you would have had like the biggest calamity in the last like 30 years, 100 years, whatever it was. And then 2021, once again, like a lot of things going on in the economy, but then you would have never really predicted like the mania, the meme stocks that ensued that drove up stocks to roughly 27%. What a time to and, be alive that was. My gosh. Well, I mean, I just remember, I mean, one time, both of us were out and people were talking about NFTs and Top Shot and and I was just sitting there being like, these are just digital beanie babies, but like they're going for thousands of millions of dollars. So I was like, wow, how about that? Yeah, it, it was what insane. Still kind I of insane. The peak for me was like, did you ever see the Pet Rocks? <laughs> like the old Pet Rocks? No, there was an NFT Pet Rock. I wish people could see my face right now. Are you are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's NFT pet rocks, and like I think they were going for millions. So it wasn't just like the what, what were the monkeys? Monkey Board Yacht Club apes. or whatever. Board apes. The board apes. You know, it was just literally a rock. 
And that's when I was like, okay, this is a little wild. Um, I'm just going to make some pet rocks. Uh, but then 2022, trying to predict what was going to happen in the economy, it was, I mean, earnings still grew 5%. You know, inflation was higher, but eventually peaked and came down and stocks were down 20%. So like I say all this to say like, even if you could predict what was going to happen in the economy, it's, it's, it's a hard thing because something unknown is going to happen this year and no one knows what it is, even despite like all their predictions and all the smart people putting their heads together. So I say that to say, why? Wow, I need to stop saying that. Say that to say, goodness, that it, this is hard to do, but I, I find it an illuminating thing to think about the things that other people are looking at for recession indicators. And one of the biggest ones is what's called the yield curve. So yield curve is what you're getting on the U.S. Treasury bond yields. So you have the yields going straight up on your y-axis, and then you have maturities going right uh, on your x-axis. So normally yields start lower, and the further out the maturity goes, the higher they go. So kind of uh, bottom left and then up to the right. That's what so a normal yield curve kind of looks like. Let's, I'm going to break this down a little bit further just because whenever I hear those terms and even hearing X and Y access, I'm like, dude, I didn't even make it past algebra two in no. high school. <laughs> so like you're asking a lot right now. So like I, I obviously have this in front of me. So it's just like there's an L, right? If you're looking at head on, there's an L. And then there's an arrow, right? Which would be like the performance or whatever, right? So the arrow is that yield curve and it starts, it's kind of like a bendy arrow that's shooting like over a hill, right? Mm -hmm. So it starts low and then it kind of gets high at an arc. Exactly. Right? Yep. That's so the normal usually, yield curve. Yeah, usually just right. kind of crescents up uh, over time as you, as you go right. So the longer the maturity, the higher the yield you get for a bond normally. So like if I'm going to lock up my... I'm taking a step back, like a bond is, is effectively a loan to a company or, or a government. And if I'm going to give give them $10,000 for five years versus 10 years, I'm going to want a higher return if I'm going to give them money for 10 years effectively. There's more risk. Right. So that's why the yield curve kind of slopes up and to the right. Except right now, that was normal. And of course, 23 is not going to be a normal year. We have an inverted yield curve. So that is where short-term rates, which are on the left, are higher than long-term rates. So you kind of get this inversion, kind of like this big hump in the middle of your yield curve. It's not this nice smooth uh, arc hill that you were talking about earlier. Right. And that gets people on TV really going because every recession since the mid-1950s was preceded by an inversion of the yield curve. So if we've had a recession, the yield curve was inverted beforehand. Cue the recession music, dun, 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 in a way. The issue with the inverted yield curve is the exact timing of the recession is hard to pinpoint. So generally, it's kind of like a shot clock. On, on average, it occurs roughly 20 months after you get an inversion. And it could be six months, it could be 20 months, it could be 30 months. You don't really know. That's a long time to kind of sit around and wait in your recession bunker that you've built out back. Where so where are we now? Like when did the, the curve, in, when did the yield curve invert? It's been inverted for roughly seven or eight months. I'd have to triple check somewhere around there. We've been inverted for some time now. Uh, but it could, it could go for another 30 months. It could go for, for 20. That's a, it's a long time to kind of wait 
for like the impending recession and doom that everyone likes to uh, proclamate on, on TV on it. And the interesting fact is we had an inverted yield curve in 2019, but COVID hit. So we never really got to see if that like was fortuitous or not. So that's kind of like the asterisk in that, in that type of economic model, if you will. But there's a, there's a more accurate way to actually predict a recession. And that's, that's not looking at the yield curve. And it's actually looking at jo- uh, jobs, the unemployment rate. So every Friday, we've talked about this before, every first Friday of the month in Indy, you've got first Friday, everyone, all the art galleries open up and go uh, be sophisticated and look at art that you don't really understand how they did it. But in economic terms, at 8.30 on Friday, so tomorrow, on January 6th, 8.30, the jobs report will come out. It's called payroll report. And that'll have uh, unemployment, that will have uh, the labor force participation rate, it'll have like all those things that uh, geeky people like me like to look at to figure out how strong the labor market is. Because if you have a strong labor market, then you're going to have most likely recessionary, uh, not recessionary, you're probably going to have strong economic growth. Strong economic growth is higher inflationary in a probabilistic world, which means the Fed's going to raise rates higher, which means the higher probability of a recession. You know, kind of like oh the flight we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're, you're pumped up as I am. Um, but... <laughs> The economists at the San Francisco Federal Reserve, so there's different branches of the Federal Reserve. San Francisco is one of like the, the districts of it. Um, Indianapolis is in Chicago's district. They graphed unemployment. They were, they were able to predict within three to four months of when a recession was going to happen. And what they did is they graphed the unemployment rate. So we're going to get back to our, uh, our little... Uh, Y and X axis again. So you've got the jobless rate on the X axis. They're going horizontal, right? And then this is where I'm going to really mess you up. We've got the second derivative of the jobless rate. Now, I'm probably going to butcher this, but the second derivative of something is usually just like how fast that rate is changing. So that's on your Y, your y axis going up. And it's, it's kind of like a circle if you look at this on the show notes. And generally, things are on call it the 11 o'clock on a, on a graph. If you're looking at a graph, it's like 11 o'clock. And when the the data flows over to the one or two o'clock uh, quadrant on, on the graph, and I highly encourage you to look at the show notes because I'm probably <laughs> butchering explaining this, but as the data flows over to the one or two o'clock area, that's where you get a recession within two to three months. So effectively, it's saying as soon as unemployment stops and starts kind of going up over two to three months at a certain higher trajectory, that is like a bigger recessionary signal than than just having the yield curve inversion. And so will, when the jobs report comes out, do they include a graph like this that kind of plots those points of where things are or no? No, the jobs report, wants, so this is the San Francisco Fed doing their own research on it. Yeah. And as of right now, it's all the way at the nine o'clock position on the graph, so pretty safe. So it would say, you know, we could have a recession in, in a year or so, but but by looking at this report and where jobs are today, it's saying that we're not close to recession. Interesting. Yeah. So like another so on the thing one hand, this two-handed economy. On the one hand, we've got the inverted yield curve, which is saying, hey, impending doom recession is coming somewhere between like 18, 20-ish months. But on the other hand, they've got the federal 
the San Francisco Federal Reserve graph that's telling us, hey, we're doing okay, right? Based on jobs, yeah. Based on jobs, which is a predictor for a recession based on their data, correct? Boom. Interesting, yeah. Two hands. Yeah, yeah. Well, then you can just wake up and decide what, you know, you want to be like the sad economist. It's like, well, inverted yield curve, obviously, you know, recession. Or you can be like, well, you know, jobs are still really strong. I think I'm a jobs guy. Your your jobs I'm, guy I'm today. Big, big jobs guy over here. Last week, last week I think you were like you you're an inverted yield curve guy. I go with the wind, man. If you ha- yeah. if you can't already tell. Yeah, and then uh, the the next question that we would probably get is okay, where 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 are jobs right now? Uh, based on November's payroll report, uh, unemployment was at three point seven, so it ticked up slightly, but that was because uh, labor force participation dropped a little bit. So that, that pushed up unemployment, reverse that. Labor force participation increased. So that's what drove the unemployment to 3.7 from, from 3.6%. So that's really low from historical standards. And then you can actually go and look at the, the unemployment rate. And it's a lot of news about the, the, the tech layoffs right now. For example, Salesforce is a big employer right here. I hope everyone and our friends is fine. But they did have layoffs uh, this week about it. And... That's going to make a lot of headlines, but generally right now, the overall labor market is still looking pretty strong. So does any of this have any impact on stock prices? It does. Yeah. So that's why you're you're seeing, we'll probably see stocks move around a good bit uh, on Friday. We actually saw, and I can pull up my graph here. I think we're down today when I first looked a couple hours ago. And that was because there's another jobs report that comes out every Thursday that's called the JOLTS. So it's the Job Openings and Labor Something Survey. JOLTS comes out every Thursday. JOLTS was really strong. So there's tons of job openings. There's um, not a lot of people uh, turning over in their jobs. There's people leaving for other jobs. So it was a really strong report. And you can actually see the market was down roughly a percent. It's still down roughly a percent. And you can kind of guess it was on that report. I mean, that was Mm -hmm. the big news report from today. Interesting. Yeah. I just look at my, I've got my, my little app set up here from my iPhone stocks. So I just look at my IVV and then it'll tell me how I'm feeling. If it's red, I'm not feeling good. If it's green, I'm like, okay, we're doing okay. And you just uncovered the wealth effect. Ooh, what's that? Uh, Well, that's like the whole theory behind some of what the Federal Reserve is, is, is trying to do in in 2020 and 2021. So if you lower rates, it's it's more economic uh, stimulus in a way. Is if people have higher home prices, they feel like they have more equity in their homes. The wealth effect is like I feel richer today. I'm gonna go out and do X Y Z that I wouldn't have otherwise, and that stimulates the economy. That gets things going, and that's kind of like the theory, which I think really showed out in 21, in a way. Ooh, I have an interesting topic potentially for a future episode. You just mentioned something, right? You, you said that when home prices are higher, people feel safer or something like that because they have more equity in their home, right? Yeah. Do people, and this might have a negative impact, I don't know, I'm just thinking out loud. So let's say your house is like, whoa, market's crazy right now. My house is like crazy overvalued. Can you take a home equity line of credit to take advantage yeah. of like the high like uh, valuation of your home and then 
will that get impacted? Like, does that then get impacted by the high rates that we're seeing right now? Depends on the HELOC that you get. Most are variable. So like most mortgages are fixed or an arm. Mm -hmm. What I've seen HELOCs are usually variable. And that's what you're talking about. Home equity line of credit credit is a HELOC. Um, I saw a lot of people do that. There's two options. You can do a HELOC, take take some of the equity out of your home as a loan, or what people will do is is refi, refi their home. So if you're right. worth a hundred thousand dollars, you refi, you get some of that equity back to you. That yeah, that's the two routes people go. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know what I would do with the money right now if I took it out of the house. <laughs> go to the moon. Buy another house. Good. You gonna buy this house for me? No. <laughs> Well, that's all we have for today. Thank you for staying through the ramblings at the end there. As always, please rate the the podcast. Feel free to share it with a friend. Feedback is always welcome. And we've done listener questions before. So if you have a listener question like Fabian's uh, HELOC question or when the recession is going to happen, please let us know. And we're always happy to to respond with our thoughts. I would love if this section just turned into like, you know how people write into newspapers and it's just like that one column where the guy answers people's like really no good. Bad. Yeah, yeah.